0: This podcast is brought to you by Jupiter Medical Center, rated number one for quality, safety, and patient experience. Jupiter Medical Center is your choice for world-class healthcare. With state-of-the-art facilities and leading-edge technologies, their award-winning physicians provide the highest caliber of care for the community. Jupiter Medical Center is proud to announce the opening of the all-new Johnny and Terry Gray Surgical Institute featuring the latest in innovative surgical care. To learn more, visit them at jupitermed.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Palm Beach North podcast brought to you by your friends at Jupiter Medical Center. My name is Noel Martinez, president and CEO of the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. And today we are absolutely delighted to have the president and CEO of Jupiter Medical Center, Dr. Amit Rastogi here on the show with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Rastogi. So he's got an impressive 15 year career in clinical practice and leadership roles at prestigious institutions like Yale New Haven Health and Innova Health. He's a board-certified internal medicine expert, educated at Harvard, and trained at world-renowned medical schools. Recently, he was um, recognized as one of Florida's 500 most influential business leaders and a power leader in healthcare. Dr. Rostogi, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Noel, and thanks for that uh, kind intro. Clearly, you had my mom write that for
0: you. Well, look, (laughs) let me start off by saying thank you. You have been an unbelievable supporter of the Palm Beach North Chamber, the Palm Beach North region. You support so many different things in our community. I can't thank you enough. And I really, really
1: appreciate all you do for us. Yeah, well, thanks, Noel. And thanks for everything that you're doing also to help, uh, you know, grow business in this area that's, you know, growing by leaps and bounds as we know. Yeah, great. So
0: I really want people to get to know you a little bit. So if it's okay, let's start off with some of your background. Let's talk a little bit about where are you from, where you grew up and then how eventually you kind of came into the healthcare industry.
1: Sure. sure. So I, I grew up in New Jersey and my folks still live there. Then I did my training up in, up in Connecticut and Boston. And I was there for about 20 years. Um, you know, always enjoyed medicine and just wanted to really be a doctor. But then what happened slowly is I get, I, I started getting involved in small things. Okay. I saw a little problem, I wanted to fix it. And it's the old adage, you know, the the reward for a job well done is the opportunity to do more. And then people started asking me to do more and more things. Um, I got involved in in healthcare, not just in terms of seeing patients, but also in in thinking about how do we develop systems that actually make healthcare delivery better for patients. And in Yale, I worked on the outpatient side, really helping them build connections, um, you know, within the community.
0: So how did you end up here in Jupiter? How did you end up at Jupiter Medical Center?
1: So I've actually been a part-time resident of Florida for about 20 years. So I when we know were, that. Yeah, so when we were in Connecticut, I knew that boy the only way I can make it through December, January, and February is to be able to come to a warm place and keep my sandals and hang my hat. So I used to we used to have a home in Estero, which as you know is just outside of Naples. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we had a small condo there for about 20 years. So I've been a Florida lover, like I said, for decades. So I always knew that I want to retire in Florida, but if a great opportunity to work came along before then, I would definitely pursue it. So a recruiter reached out to me and said, um, hey, listen, you know, they're they're looking for a CEO in Jupiter. At first I'm thinking he wants me to go to another planet, so he's kind of (laughs) pulling my leg. But then, you know, I had a chance to come down here, had a chance to meet with the board. And what I came to realize was these were really, really, amazing folks that were committed to bringing great health care to this community and were're seeking a leader that could help them build upon the great success Jupiter's already had in the past
0: and it doesn't hurt that you know Jupiter is just an absolutely gorgeous area right
1: so it's one of the best spots in the country Oh yeah listen I always tell folks no matter how hard my day is and no matter how long it is when I leave the office I see those palm trees and I can hear the water. So life is good.
0: So, all right. So let's talk about how long your days are, right? You just said that. So what does a typical day look like for a hospital CEO?
1: So I've always been an early riser. I usually get up around 3.30 in the morning. I first start by kind of answering my emails, going through my my inbox. I don't text anybody or call anybody at that time.
0: Well, when you say early, what's early?
1: 3.30 in the morning.
0: 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. Gosh, I thought I was an early riser. I'm a 4.30 a.m. guy, but 3.30s, that's tough.
1: 4.30, I'm usually having lunch by then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, so I get up, I'll do some emails, and then um, on days where I don't have... A very early meeting, I'll try to get to the gym and you know try to do a little bit of a fitness routine. But otherwise, most days, I'll start with a 7.30 a.m. breakfast meeting, usually with one of the docs. Um, one of the things about healthcare is for physicians, it's very hard for them to take time out during the day to be able to meet with folks because of direct patient care. So oftentimes, i will start with the breakfast meeting with the doc, other times with donors or their community members. Then I'll head to the hospital and have some meetings with the teams, Then I'll try to make some rounds in the hospital as well, too. And then again, be back in some team meetings in the afternoon. The other thing about healthcare is there's a lot of evening functions that we have as well too. Oh yeah. And as you know, especially during season, there's so many different community events because that's when so many people who live or split their time between up North and down here, here. So we end up spending quite a few evenings out as well too, which is why those fitness regimens are important. Oh my God. So important. Right. And then, uh, so
0: what do you do when you're not working? I mean, you work, you have a very, very demanding job. So, What do you do when you're not working what do you do to just wind down
1: so i think probably the thing that helps me relax the most is golf and that's mostly because i don't worry about my score because i can't count that high but you know what i like about golf is i'm stuck so many hours indoors that it's great just to be out get some fresh air and usually be out with some some good friends i enjoy that also enjoy um you know being able to get out to dinners with my family it's it's a way for us to you know get away from the house and we, we have a no device rule when we're out for dinner so we can all just you know have some conversations otherwise uh, you know just enjoy fitness a bit too
0: so let's talk about family right Work life balance is so important. You have, again, we talked about it. Very, very, very demanding yeah. job. You're up at three thirty in the morning, which means you're probably asleep. Hopefully at a decent yeah. hour, which yeah, is I'm, probably I'm, not unless you're putting out fires late night, right? Yeah, no, usually around eleven o'clock. It was around late. eleven or so. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you balance that? How do you balance your demanding role and family time, which is so important?
1: Sure. So you're right. It's uh, it's 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 probably something that we all struggle with, and <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't know if we ever find the right answer, but. So the thing I think I've gotten a bit better with over time is just being purposeful about carving out some time. So I'd say, boy, at least twice a week, we'll, we'll do a family dinner either at home or out um, because otherwise it can really get taken over just by events and, 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 and work obligations as well. The other thing I've gotten better about is making sure I plan at least two vacations during the summer because, again, during season, it is so hard for me to be able to take time off that during the summers it gets a little bit easier.
0: Is the hospital seasonal? Is it, you just talk, said during season, are you just as busy in the summer off season as we are during season?
1: So from a patient care standpoint, yes. absolutely. So it used to be that you know, uh, everybody who lived down here would go up north and the birds would be chirping. And you know, that is just not the case anymore. It's not the same, it's not you as, know. yeah, not even close. Yeah. So, so while we will see that we're a little bit more busy during season, We're just as busy all year round. The reason I'm able to get away more in the summer is many of the outside events that we have to participate in are the ones that are less frequent during the summer.
0: So let's talk about your career a little bit. And we all have these defining moments that really like kind of just set the course, right? What are, what are some of the most defining moments in your career and and how has that shaped the way you look at healthcare?
1: Sure. I think for sure, I'm a, in essence, really just a primary care doc. That's how I started out, practiced for close to 20 years. And that gave me such great insight into, look, as a primary care doc, you deal with people from all walks of life who one day are healthy and then the next day they're not. And it just gave me such a great appreciation for life, for the human condition. Um, And then as I started getting involved in administrative roles, it was always about how can I continue the same make the same difference that I did as a physician, but now on the administrative side.
0: So let's talk about leadership, a little bit about leadership. What is your leadership style, you know, and, 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 and how has it changed over the years? Cause I'm sure it has evolved drastically.
1: So for sure. And then leadership is a journey as you know, and, Oh yeah, uh, and and we all continue to evolve during that journey. I would say I think the, the most important um, attribute is, is being collaborative. Because uh, one thing that you start realizing, especially as your journey continues as a leader, there's almost nothing you can do by yourself. And the more and the sooner you learn how to collaborate with folks and really build teams and work together and help each other, then you can really start moving the needle.
0: Yeah, amen. You're 100% right on that. Well, with that, all comes some challenges too, right? And some lessons learned. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about some of the significant challenges that you faced in your career? And what lessons have you learned from
1: them? Sure. So I think probably the the biggest challenge was when I first went from being completely or mostly clinical to full-time administrative, right? Because for me, so much of my identity was really tied around being a physician in direct patient care. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in big hallways, working with big teams, and really, making sure that you still get the same satisfaction out of work and able to make a difference at a much, much bigger level. And it probably took me a couple of years to be able to feel as fulfilled on the administrative side as I did, um, you know, as a practicing physician.
0: What about mentors or, you know, or someone that has really influenced you in life? Do you, can you share with us some of your biggest influencers or, or mentors over the years?
1: Sure. I, I would tell you that having the right mentors at the right time for me has probably made all the difference. Uh, you know when I first started in practice, uh, one of the senior doctors who had actually recruited me into the practice, um, Arnold Dorisario, and we're still you know good friends to this day, just taught me so much about not just thinking about medicine, but how to deal with people to make sure that you never compromise your integrity. And those are, again such great lessons that you learn early in your career, which hopefully become part of your, your character as you go on. Uh, Knox Singleton, who was the CEO when I was at Innova Health System. Um, again, not just only about integrity, but also just teaching me about how to think strategically and how to think about a community. Um, and I think that the other th- piece that's important about mentors is, in which I've tried to also emulate is just taking the time to make sure that you help other people move up the ladder as well.
0: Speaking of helping people move up the ladder, what kind of advice would you give
1: some young and upcoming healthcare industry professionals? Sure, a couple of things I always tell folks. First and foremost, always follow your passion. Because you know we talked about long days earlier and that's true of any field, right? It is pretty hard to make it through long days if you don't really enjoy what you do. Secondly, always seek to make a difference. Because the great thing about if you feel like you're making a difference is, we all deal with different challenges, whether it's in work and other parts of life, if you feel like you're making a difference that gets you through the hard days. And then also, as you look back, you feel like you actually accomplished something.
0: All right, let's get into JMC. Let's talk about Jupiter, sure. Jupiter medical center a little bit. So founded in 1979. Um, can you share with us how JMC has evolved since then? And what role do you see JMC playing in the future healthcare landscape here in South Florida?
1: Sure. So, we're actually just about a week away from celebrating our 45th anniversary. Wow. So that's, uh, again, uh, a great, great milestone for us. Look, when JMC started back in 1979, it really was. And, and as you know, I mean, it's obviously it was a lot less crowded, the area, than it is today. But still, folks had to go travel great distances to be able to get access to any health care. So it really was, at that time, just local access for emergency care. As more and more people started settling down here over the past many decades, not just the recent influx, the, the access to services really grew. But what we realized, and one of the reasons that the board asked me to, to take, take over this role, was to be able to, you, you're familiar with this old adage that we talk about here, right? Which is, where do people go when they get sick? And the answer used to be the airport, right? So... so what we wanted to do was, at this point, to be able to build the depth and breadth of services at JMC so people don't feel they have to go to the airport. And what that means is, first of all, the access to, you know, heart disease is still the number one killer in the United States, so access to cardiac care. Cancer, unfortunately, continues to grow, especially as the population gets older. Access to oncology. And then, last but certainly not least, is the access to primary care and other services as well, too. So it's building out the services, the depth and breadth of that but then also doing them at a very high level of excellence, right, in terms of quality, in terms of safety, and in terms of of patient experience. And the way we see this evolving over the next few years, as you know, we've just a couple of years ago opened up a cancer center, which now really has the whole gambit of medical oncology, radiation oncology, and surgical oncology. We have a full-service cardiac program now. We've done a great job of building out the campus and all the services that people need, for acute care and inpatient care. I think a lot of our focus over the next few years is doing more outreach in the community with regards to access to primary care, to cardiology, oncology, to doctor's offices, and to be able to reach beyond um, just our home campus right on the Jup- right in Jupiter.
0: So Jupiter Medical Center is an award-winning, I mean, award-winning patient care hospital, right? I, you've won all kinds of awards on on, on patient care satisfaction what is the philosophy behind that, you know, and, and, and how does that happen? That doesn't just happen by mistake. So talk to us about that.
1: So you're right. Um, it's something that we, we meaning the, the senior leadership team, the board are absolutely intentional about the way we feel is that the one thing that, or the three things that people should always be guaranteed and become is the highest level of quality, the, the highest level of patient safety, and also how do you get treated? experience and it's something that we're intentional about not just us thinking about it and building programs around it but also as part of our culture look I mean I'm very fortunate that every time I go out in the community and um, as a matter of fact I was having breakfast with someone this this morning and uh, somebody who worked in the in the in the restaurant walked up to me and said are you Dr. Estogia? I said yes I am and she said boy you know I just want to let you know my husband has cancer we went to the cancer center yesterday and the care that my husband got from the confidence we had in the doctor to how kindly treated us really put us at ease for something that's a horrendous disease. How
0: does that make you, that gives me goosebumps. Like how does that yeah. make you feel as a leader of that organization? Sure. Just uh, proud that we have an amazing team. Wow, man. That's just absolutely amazing. So our world's evolving, changing, innovating every single day. So, so is healthcare, right? There's got to be some really cool, new, exciting things going on out there. So are there any recent um, innovations uh, that are going on here at Jupiter Medical Center that we need to know about?
1: Sure, For sure. I mean, we we actually just opened our surgical institute yesterday. That was our, um, as you know, we've been working on that for many years, but um, it's a brand new facility with state-of-the-art operating rooms. We're about to embark on our fifth robot to have our minimally invasive surgery there. But I think that's a lot of the technology that's there today and will actually get us through the next few years. When I think about what's going to be a real needle mover for healthcare, as I think about five years and beyond, it probably is around artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about some of the challenges that we face today in healthcare. By 2035, what we forecast is that in the state of Florida, we'll have a shortage of about 36,000 physicians and about 59,000 nurses. That's scary. That's scary, right? I mean, think about it, because in the end, even though me and other folks contribute to what we do at JMC and other facilities, there's only two sets of people that really provide direct patient care. It's the doctors and the nurses, and the shortage is massive. We're not going to be able to clear that shortage by just building more schools. It's not, not enough time, nor by being able to attract people to this area. All those things will help, but they won't really be enough. I think that what's coming down the pike with regards to artificial intelligence applications, either in clinical decision support, which means making physicians and nurses' job easier in terms of how to take care of patients. Secondly, with regards to productivity, which means when we look at nurses, they spend about 30% of their time on average just doing paperwork and not actually involved in patient care. When we think about what that'll mean, if th- if basically you're creating a third FTE for every nurse that's out there who are able to take care of some of those mundane tasks. And finally, many of these back office mundane functions, like how, how many times do we all receive a medical bill and we don't know what to do with it or even make how to make sense of it? Some of the applications will not only do some of those tasks, but actually will help simplify a lot of that for us too. So I think artificial intelligence holds a lot of promise. It won't be a panacea, but I think that's uh, the main Um, you know, technological innovation that'll actually move the needle when we think about the years to come.
0: So I was bragging on you earlier about how, uh, what a great partner you are and everything that you do in the community. So let's talk about community impact, which I know is so important to Jupiter Medical Center. How does Jupiter Medical Center engage and impact the local community, especially in terms of outreach, right?
1: And preventative health initiatives. Sure. So there's a couple of things and, and I'll talk a little bit about how we even arrive at those. So every three years or so, we do what's called a community health needs assessment. And we actually survey about 10,000 people in the community. And that involves everybody from community leaders, local politicians, just rank and file folks, you know, just going about their work every day and say, what do you really need from us? And what we've the 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 results basically over the past few years have been, look, we need more access to primary care, not just concierge care, because we know that, unfortunately, because of the economics of medical practice, many of the local primary care physicians have actually gone concierge, which again is great access, but there's so many so many of us who actually can't afford a concierge care that we need regular primary care as well too. So we've made great efforts to expand in that throughout the community, also expanding more in cardiology and oncology as well too. Then there's quite a bit we do with regards to education, just what to do about if you find a lump, you know, if you're not feeling well, how do you, what do you do with that? Which, What type of doctor should you go see? So there's tons of community events and outreach that we do, in whether it's in fairs, whether it's things we set up. I'll tell you about something we just launched. So we know that the prevalence and incidence of dementia is increasing. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things about dementia is what do we as family members do to help our loved ones that are afflicted with dementia? So we've launched a community service where we open it up, um, extend open invitation to the community of people, families, who are dealing with loved ones that have dementia. And how do you navigate not just the healthcare aspect of it, how do you you know, navigate the, the legal aspects of it? H- how do you navigate the social aspects? Yeah, I wouldn't know it? how, I yeah. wouldn't know what to do. And I would tell you that we've so far just had a couple of lectures and they've been, we just got the feedback from them and what they said was these were so helpful. Can you do more of these, but can you make the class size a little bit smaller? Cause we want to have more discussion? So we're making some of those changes. And again, that's just one example of what we're doing, not just from a direct healthcare standpoint, but also from an education and a resource standpoint as well. That's awesome.
0: So you mentioned earlier, you can't do anything on your own. Like you, no one can really do everything on your own. I want to talk a little bit about partnerships and some collaboration, right? right? UF health is here. Sure. Right. And they've partnered with Jupiter, Jupiter Medical Center. So talk to me about that. Like, what does that mean for the healthcare in our region?
1: Sure. So what happens is that, you know, when you, when you look at regional medical centers such as ours, most of the things that people needed in this community were able to do, whether it's, you know, cardiac surgery, there's, you know, oncology, pediatrics, so many things we're able to do. However, there are certain very, very specialized services like transplants or very rare tumors where you really need the help of an academic medical center. And we've been able to partner with them. We actually have navigators that are now in the community and provide access to patients to be able to seamlessly have patients, whether they require inpatient care or they require outpatient access to specialists up at UF Health. Secondly, we also partner with them on clinical trials as well too. So again, it's, it, it really creates access for the things that normally we wouldn't be able to provide either seamlessly or being able to provide in a collaborative manner within the community.
0: How does that work? Like, does someone just pick up the phone and say, hey, Dr. Rostogi, you wanna partner with us on this new hospital? Like, how does that work? Like, explain to me the process, how Jupiter Medical Center and UF come together.
1: So, um, you know, it's it's like any partnership, what you first want to see is what's the value that you create, you know, for the community. And then what you wanna be able to see beyond that is First of all, what do we both bring as capabilities? And then second, the other piece that's critically important in any partnership is, do we have a similar culture? Do we get along well? And I think those have all been uh, keys to the success for us to be able to provide those um, you know, great uh, um, you know, attributes that we're able to do for the community and the region. That's awesome.
0: So earlier you mentioned some of the staffing issues that we are gonna have here mm-hmm. in the future yeah. and uh, in healthcare. Um, what are some of the other biggest challenges faced by JMC in recent years, and what have you done to address them?
1: I think if we think about beyond just the staffing issues, certainly we've also got issues with regards to running out of space where we are and to do all the things we need to do even today, right? So first, let's start with we're actually more often than not, especially during season, at capacity with regards to inpatient admissions. So we are just in the, in the final stages of getting approval from the town, building a brand new tower. So we have 242 beds today and we're going to build another 92 bed tower. Yeah, thing and I'm sure folks who live in this community and hear this podcast will be happy to hear while it's building a parking garage. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> See, everybody's always happier about the parking garage than they are <laughs> even about even <laughs> about the new tower.
0: <laughs> it's look, it's amazing. If if you don't know um all the amazing things going on at Jupiter Medical Center, like for our view- viewers, go to their website and check it out. They've got some amazing renderings of what it's gonna look like. I mean, it's gonna be beautiful. I know there's a lot of construction right now. There's a lot of cranes and all kinds Quite of things bit. going on, but um, but that's super exciting, I and mean, you've got to be proud of that. Yeah, v-
1: v- very much so, right? I mean, look, anytime and and the, like the, the story I mentioned about uh, the young lady who uh, you know came to to, to to express her gratitude, you know, at the breakfast morning. Those are stories that we all get to hear all the time, and there's nothing that's better than that when you think about, uh, you know, if, when you. When, about making a difference in the community.
0: All right, quality and safety standards, you touched on that as well. So I wanna ask you a question on that. So can you discuss the measures that Jupiter Medical Center takes to maintain its high ratings? Because you guys have extremely high ratings and all across the board with safety, quality, and patient satisfaction. So talk to me about that.
1: So look, as you know, first it starts with saying, this is something that we're going to do. Then after that, what it takes is a lot of work from a lot of people then putting the right processes in place, and then making sure that you have the metrics in place to be able to measure success, and then course correct where needed. And it's a constant constant work in progress, especially because over the past few years with all these services that we've added, we've grown so much in complexity that the same processes that would have been valid or would have been able to keep our scores the way they were, wouldn't even apply today so it's a constant evolution and what i would tell you is it's a all hands on deck effort because when it comes to safety and quality and patient experience that is not just the doctors and nurses that is everybody from our techs to our registration people to the people who work in the kitchen to the people who work in evs it really is every single team member at jmc
0: yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Suppose specialty services, we touched on that as well. So what kind of, you, you offer all kinds of specialty services Correct. at Jupiter Medical Center. So are there any particular areas where you see significant growth and development in the new future?
1: I think we're going to definitely add even more services in oncology and cardiology because that's what we're, again, as we get the feedback from what folks need the most. Certainly on the primary care side, I realize that's not a subspecialty, but again, it is an access issue, and we're going to continue to grow there as well, too. Um, and then as time goes on in neurology, because that, that, that's a growing need in this community, too.
0: Accessibility. You just hit on that, right? Let's talk about that. What, what is JMC doing to ensure that healthcare accessibility and affordability for all patients in our region?
1: Sure. So when we think about accessibility and affordability, first and foremost is what happens when you come to the hospital? So we don't turn anybody away. Everybody shows up there, we, we take care of. And then when we think about outside, it's some of the initiatives I spoke about earlier, which is how do we increase access to primary care that's not concierge and is available? Secondly, even our urgent care center. So there's some people who say, boy, I don't want to have a primary care doc, but I want to have access to healthcare when I need it. And we have, as you know, five urgent cares that go all the way from Stewart, throughout Jupiter, Palm Beach Gardens, and then down to, to West Palm as well too, and then finally, we do many fairs and you know access to mammograms. So many other things that we do in the community to be able to provide that that access, um, and affordability as well too. You've been talking about your team
0: all day, right? Mm-hmm. You know since you got here, um, you and your, you've got an amazing team there. I've been very very fortunate to work with a lot of people at Jupiter Medical Center. Amazing team, good culture. Tell me about the culture at Jupiter Medical Center and how does it contribute to the overall success of the hospital?
1: Well, I'd say it's probably number one. The main reason, because it's a, the way if I had to describe it, it really is a patient first culture. I know organizations say that, but anybody who's been to JMC knows that everyone from the time that you pull up and the valet takes your car to the volunteers, they see everybody lives it. And everybody who ends up there knows that because of the way that they're treated. And I would tell you that is really the main contributor for our success.
0: Well with that comes some really, really good training, right? So you, I'm sure there's um, you guys probably have an amazing professional development plan. Um, And what do you guys do to help grow and retain your teammates?
1: Sure. You know, we talked about mentoring earlier and how critical that is for all of us as we go throughout our career. There's quite a bit that we do to be able to grow Um, You know our team members. So we've developed programs where, let's say if somebody who's working a front desk, but then wants to be a phlebotomist, we can actually help provide training programs for that. Somebody who works as a uh, nurse on the ward, but then wants to be an ICU nurse, we're able to provide training for that as well too. Secondly, we also partner with many nursing schools um, to be able to provide novice nurses, nurses who have just graduated initially when they really need to have hands-on mentoring to be able to provide that as well too and then finally through the through the help of some very generous local um, donors we've also been able to create some scholarship programs too we know the high high cost of education Mm -hmm. and oftentimes that becomes a barrier for many team members whether they're nurses techs um, you know whatever their role is to be able to progress right because there's certain some things we can do from mentoring but then there's education that people need also to be able to move up in their roles even further if they want to. And now we've rolled out a few programs that actually will will help offset all or at least partial um, degree programs as well too.
0: What is Jupiter Medical Center gonna look like in five to 10 years? Because it's gonna be completely different.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, absolutely. Because that's why when you hear me speak or when you see the titles of any of our programs, it never says, Growth of Jupiter Medical Center because growth is just doing more of what you're doing today. But the reality of it is, this area is changing so quickly, growing so quickly, healthcare is changing so quickly that it truly is an evolution. So when I think about the JMC of the future, not only will we have great facilities on campus like we do today, we'll have the latest technology, but I also think about all the touch points that we'll have out in the community. And I do think we'll be able to leverage digital health and artificial intelligence, to be able to bring more of that care closer to folks home as well too. Jupiter Medical Center is a non-for-profit hospital. That's right.
0: What advantages do, do, do you have over a, private, a privately owned hospital?
1: One of the advantages of a not-for-profit hospital is, by definition, you don't have to have a profit that you have to return to shareholders. Now that doesn't mean that we don't seek to make a margin because a margin is important because that's how you reinvest in either new equipment or in facilities or growth for the future as well too. But for us, what happens is there's never a conflict as to why we're doing what we're doing. So every dollar that we generate from margin or every dollar that we raise from philanthropy goes right back into JMC and the local community. Love it. You have an amazing foundation
0: the Jupiter Medical Center Foundation um, is just unbelievable. Has had a few a record breaking fundraising year recently, or I think the last two years have been record breaking right. yeah. years. So congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you. Why is the inf- the the foundation so important to the hospital?
1: So again, you know we are the only independent not for profit in the region. We know that the healthcare landscape, as it's evolved, especially with the challenges of COVID, makes it that much harder whether you're a, a large health system or a smaller hospital, to be able to deal with you know many of the cost increases and in inflation that's, that's been there. The foundation and whom the foundation really serves, which is our local community and our donors, have just been incredibly generous because what they want to see, not just for themselves, but for the community at large, is to be able to have a great medical center that has the highest in quality, has the highest in safety and experience, and create that access for everybody in the community. And it,
0: does it run separately from in the hospital? Explain to me how's that relationship. Is it how does that work?
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, you know the, the the foundation team is part of the, the 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 medical center team. We we all work very closely together. It's it sets as a, a separate organization, mostly because you know when you think about fundraising organizations, they're set up as uh, you know five hundred one c threes, but otherwise the the team teams are completely collaborative, everybody works together, and everybody works for a single purpose, which is what can we do to continue to improve healthcare in this community?
0: All right, so we have to kind of reel it in here and kind of wrap things up a little bit. So I got two more questions for you. Because I could be here all day, but you've got things to do. We both have a lot of things to do today, right? So you've had a very, very impressive career. You've done some really, really cool stuff. You know, what accomplishment are you most proud of and why?
1: I'm not going to pick one. <laughs> I know you want me to, but I won't, I won't pick one. I'm actually going to pick three. I think for sure when I was in medical practice, like I said, close to 20 years, absolutely amazing because I'll always look back and say, there's a lot, there's hopefully more than just a few people who are healthier today or living a better life because I had the opportunity to serve them as a physician. I think that the work that I did at Yale and and previously with regards to helping set up outpatient systems for care and be able to increase access is something that I'm very proud of. And even the work that we're doing at JMC and in this community today is something I'm incredibly proud of.
0: All right. Last question. I mean, is, is there anything that we have missed or anything that you want our viewers and listeners to hear about Jupiter Medical Center?
1: That we haven't touched on? Well, not specifically about Jupiter Medical Center, but again, like I said, I'm a, I'm a doctor first. So, um, you know, the advice that, that I always have folks think about is we know we live in a stressful time. We know we have hectic lives. It's important for all of us to take time out to take care of our health, both physical and mental. And certainly, you know, as, as you think about getting access to healthcare, do your homework, see what makes sense and what's the best fit from a healthcare doctor or or healthcare organization standpoint for you and your family. Well,
0: Dr. Rastogi, this has been great. I've learned a ton about you, about the hospital. Hopefully our listeners did too, our listeners and viewers. Thank you so much again for your support. Um, We really appreciate you uh, sponsoring um, and supporting the podcast and everything else you do in the community. To all our listeners, thank you again. Thank you again for tuning in watching, please like, share, tell everybody about it. Um, Thank you all for joining us and we look forward to seeing you in two weeks. Have a great day.